You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. everybody and welcome to episode 21 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host Shauna Smith and today kind of reminds me a little bit about Sesame Street. If you didn't catch it, the title of today's podcast episode is called N is for Nitrogen. Kind of took me back to my childhood of like today's episode is brought to you by the letter N. And today that means nitrogen. Nitrogen is critical to the survival and growth of plants in a couple really huge ways. We're going to be talking about that as well as the different ways that plants can get nitrogen. But first, a word from our sponsor. If you didn't already know, plants are pretty much the only organism on earth that make their own food. Like, we can cook our own food, sure, but we have to go to the grocery store and buy it, or we have to grow it, or we have to raise animals. Plants create their food, a simple sugar called glucose, and this is possible thanks to their relationship with nitrogen. Nitrogen is critical to a plant's growth in two big ways. The production of chlorophyll, which the plant uses during photosynthesis and hence the creation of glucose, and also in copying DNA. So in other words, making new plant cells so that the plant can grow taller and bigger and produce enough glucose to support fruiting. So it needs that nitrogen to produce its own food, and then it needs that nitrogen to grow. So obviously really, really important. And if you go to um, fertilize your plants, if you read anything about plant fertilization, you read about the NPK ratio. So that N is for nitrogen, the P is for phosphorus, and that K is for potassium, right? So those are the their symbols, those element symbols on the periodic table. If you go all the way back to your high school chemistry course. But Pretty much the two things that plants do the most, grow and produce chlorophyll, they need that nitrogen for. But they often struggle to get enough nitrogen throughout the growing season. And when this happens, the plant produces less fruit, its leaves go yellow because it can't you know, produce chlorophyll as readily, and if the lack of nitrogen is bad enough, it can even die. So what do you do about that? Well, the first thing that you need to understand is where nitrogen comes from, all the different ways that your plants can get nitrogen, and especially where it comes from naturally so that you know whether or not you need to intervene with fertilizer. And it's funny because there's nitrogen everywhere. The air around us is about 78% nitrogen, which it's funny because most of us if we haven't paid attention in science class, would think that the air is mostly oxygen, but it's not true. It's mostly nitrogen, and it's called atmospheric nitrogen. And you're probably thinking, well, if there's so much nitrogen in the air, like why do plants struggle to get enough of it? And it's because atmospheric nitrogen isn't usable to plants, right? Like we can breathe it, 
but plants can't use it because it's made of two nitrogen molecules that are really, really strongly bonded together. And plants can't break that crazy strong bond apart. It uses too much energy. So they either have to wait for nitrogen to come to them in a form that's easier to break down, or they have to enlist the help of another organism to make it usable for them. Now, I'm gonna start off with something that's really cool. And you may have gotten a hint of this if you listened to my previous episode called Rainwater Rules, but lightning actually helps feed your plants, actually helps get nitrogen to your plants. It's totally true, it's crazy, I'm gonna break it down for you. You know how I said atmospheric nitrogen is made of two nitrogen molecules that are super glued together, basically. Well, lightning has enough energy to break those nitrogen molecules apart. And during a storm, when lightning rips through the upper atmosphere, the surrounding atmospheric nitrogen molecules get blasted apart. But nitrogen molecules don't like being single, right? They're kind of like serial monogamists. <laughs> they, they really don't like being by themselves. And so for the best option after they've been blasted apart by lightning is to bond with an oxygen molecule that's just kind of free floating in the air and has nothing better to do. And when the two come together, they form nitrogen oxides. But that relationship doesn't really last very long because the bond between a single nitrogen molecule and a single oxygen molecule is really weak. In fact, it's so weak that nitrogen oxide dissolves in water. And if you know where I'm going with this, congratulations, you paid attention in science class. As moisture increases in the upper atmosphere in the form of clouds, if there's enough moisture, they form rain clouds and that comes down as rainwater. Well, the nitrogen oxide, once it is absorbed into the water molecule, is called a nitrate. And that nitrate is carried down to the earth in rainfall. And nitrates, unlike atmospheric nitrogen, are easily taken up and used by plants. So that's why, like I said in the rainwater rules episode, that your garden goes absolutely bonkers after a good storm because you, they're not just being watered, they're being fed too. And it's like a really easy form of food for your plants to take up. The next way that plants get nitrogen is through the symbiotic relationship with bacteria. So a lot of times when we think of bacteria, we think of like bad bacteria, but there's actually a lot of healthy bacteria and it's a really, really important part of the soil food web. I'm gonna go into that in more detail in a future episode, but for now, just remembering that there is tons of beneficial bacteria in soil and a lot of it has a really important role to play in terms of your plants being able to get enough nitrogen. How do these bacteria exactly help your plants get nitrogen? There's a handful of good soil bacteria that possess enzymes that are capable of breaking down the super strong bonds in atmospheric nitrogen and enable the plant to take it up. They're known as nitrogen-fixing bacteria. A really good example of this is found in peas and beans of any variety, so legumes. These plants attract rhizobia bacteria, 
And it's so good at providing the plants with nitrogen that if you try to give peas or beans nitrogen in the form of fertilizer, they'll wilt from the excess. I made this mistake when I was a beginning gardener. I thought everything needed to be fertilized. So I gave my peas and beans some um, fish emulsion diluted with water and they were not happy and I couldn't figure out why. I thought something was attacking them, but they bounced back a few days later. So I set to researching it and sure enough, there is such a thing as too much nitrogen, especially for plants that produce their own nitrogen through the use of beneficial bacteria. So what does this bacteria get from the plants? That's the really cool part. Earlier I said it was a symbiotic relationship, and symbiotic basically means I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. So the bacteria breaks down that atmospheric nitrogen so that the plant can take up the nitrogen. The plant with the nitrogen is able to create glucose, which helps feed the plant, but it also sends some of that glucose down into the roots for storage later and to feed the bacteria that are living on the plant's roots. So. The bacteria gives the plant nitrogen. The plant produces glucose to feed the bacteria. It's a really, really cool relationship. Next up is how fungi help feed your plants. Again, a really, really important part of the soil food web is fungi. And there are lots of forms of friendly fungi, just like there are lots of forms of friendly bacteria. One of the most widely known nitrogen-fixing fungi is mycorrhizae. This fungus attaches itself or grows into the plant root, depending on what kind it is, and then builds up threads that kind of feel their way out into the soil in all directions, kind of like root extensions almost. And they put out these things called exudates, and it's, it's almost kind of like perfume, and it kind of attracts different things to the plant, and the plant can kind of like break down and use up the nitrogen, and just like it feeds the bacteria, in return for that nitrogen, it feeds that friendly fungus with glucose. So that, just like with friendly bacteria, is a symbiotic or mutualistic relationship. And the existence of nitrogen-fixing fungi is a great reason why it's best to disturb your soil only when absolutely necessary. It allows those mycorrhizae strands to stay intact and working away. So if you're the type of person who you till your garden bed every year, I want you to stop doing that. There's absolutely no reason to do that. If you find that your soil is getting compacted, by all means, aerate it, but there are a lot of different ways that you can keep your soil from getting compacted than just tilling it all to heck. I mean, granted, if it's kind of like too far gone and tilling is the only choice that you have, fair enough, but moving forward, you should know that tilling every season is not the best for your soil. So... The three major ways that plants get nitrogen naturally are from rainwater, their mutualistic relationship with bacteria, and their mutualistic relationship with fungi. But sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes there's not enough rain, or there's not enough bacteria or fungi in the soil. And at that point, you have to step up and make sure that your plants are getting enough nitrogen yourself. And you have two different options. You have chemical fertilizers and you have organic fertilizers. 
And I'm going to get up on my soapbox here for a little bit when I talk about chemical fertilizers because chemical fertilizers are like trying to live on vitamin capsules or trying to live on fast food alone. They're fast, they're cheap, they're convenient, but they create a lot of waste and harm. It's estimated that plants can only use about half of what's provided by chemical fertilizers before the rest of it is kind of leached away by rain and other environmental factors. So you end up having to pile on even more. So think about that. Half of what you apply when you apply a chemical fertilizer goes to waste. Chemical fertilizers are often also created from non-renewable resources, including fossil fuel, like yes, oil, which is crazy, but it's true. And over time, they can actually harm the good bacteria and friendly fungi in the soil. They create kind of like a sterile environment that bacteria and fungi want like no part of. And that's because chemical fertilizers usually don't include the wide array of valuable micronutrients and trace elements that plants and bacteria and fungi need. They just have the ones needed for a quick fix, right? They pretty much just have nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, the three kind of macro elements that, you know, your plant needs to grow. So as you keep planting, those micronutrients and trace elements are removed from the soil, right? Your plants take them up, but they're never replaced because chemical fertilizers don't have that. So eventually that particular patch of soil becomes unable to support any more plants, no matter how much nitrogen, how many chemical fertilizers you pump into it. It's just going to be like it's just going to become dirt at that point. So what's a natural balanced way to provide your garden with nutrients without stripping the soil? Organic fertilizer. And I'm stepping off my soapbox. Organic fertilizers can include anything from homemade compost to aged manure, composted manure in other words, or commercially sold organic fertilizer. And if you live in the suburbs or the city and you think you can't get compost, think again. A few episodes back, I talked about how to compost sans pile. So you can actually do that, even on a small scale. If you're in an apartment, um, if you have like a window box or something like that, you can still compost. But if you don't want to do the compost thing, a lot of communities actually have um, free compost. We do. You just have to like drive out, shovel it into the truck, haul it on back to your house, wheel it around back to the backyard and shovel it into the beds, but absolutely free. Failing that, you can go to your hardware store. Now, if you're going to get fertilizer from the hardware store, like Home Depot or Ace Hardware, or just like your local neighborhood, maybe it's not a chain, it's just a neighborhood hardware store, you just wanna make sure that it's organic just because it's going to make sure that there's no harmful chemicals, there's no waste products, there's nothing in there that shouldn't be in there. And if you get manure, make sure you get composted manure. That means that manure has been exposed to temperatures high enough to break down any sort of bad bacteria that could, you know, make its way into the soil and make it really unhealthy for you to be digging around or planting your plants in. You can also organically fertilize your soil by using cover crops. This is a topic that I'm planning to cover more in depth later this year, but long story short, you plant a nitrogen fixing legume or grass in your beds, and then a few weeks before planting, you plow them under, right? You you pull them all up, you mix them all in, and then and bury them. And as they break down, your plants basically have a buffet to feed on. 
because as organic matter breaks down, it releases nitrogen into the soil that your plants can use. So that is the nitty gritty on nitrogen. Hopefully it helps you understand your plants a little bit better, helps you understand where they get their nitrogen, and it helps you understand um, kind of like what you can do to intervene. Um, like I said, signs of not enough nitrogen often include yellowing leaves, but that can be a sign of some other things. So I actually really highly recommend the book Teeming with Nutrients by Jeff Lowenfels. That's L-O-W-E-N-F-E-L-S. Teeming with Nutrients, again, is the name of the book. It's packed with information on the plant nutrients, and it's going to give you an even more in-depth look at just like how nitrogen is used by your plant, where nitrogen deficiency is seen in your plant, and how it can be seen. Really, really incredible book. So, that's it for today. If you have a second, go on, hop on over to Apple Podcasts and take a moment to review my podcast. I'd super appreciate it. Or just pass on the name of the podcast to maybe a friend or family member you know that enjoys gardening or is just getting into gardening and could maybe use a little bit of extra information. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.